Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Here I Am podcast. Our purpose is to take biblical topics, break them down through discussion, so we may apply them to our daily lives. I'm your host, Jared, so let's get right to it. Good morning. Thank you for joining us. Today's topic, suffering. Uh, Specifically, what good does God bring out of suffering? But today we have a special guest. John, would you do the honors of introducing him? Sure, Jared. Um, Our guest today is Nathan Shalcross. Nathan grew up uh, with us, and we got to watch him grow up in Washington Lions Church, and he's since moved out to Minnesota. And Welcome, Nathan. Uh, would you mind telling us a little bit about what you have going on out there? Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me. Um, so currently, the ministries that I'm involved with are uh, locally uh, through uh, Christ Community Church, which is where I attend, which is also affiliated with the Alliance. Um, so that was an easy transition to get into. Um, so I currently do uh, what's called Impact, uh, which is our middle school, high school ministry, um, at, at the church, uh, helping out specifically with, um, the worship team, which is entirely youth led. Um, I also work the soundboard and I also currently lead, um, a ninth grade boys life group. We're really, really, really excited for, um, today and, uh, exactly what we're going to get into uh, as far as the topic and ready to dive deep with you guys. All right. Well, let, let's start with a let's start with a prayer. Father God in heaven, we we uh, thank you again for this day. We thank you for life and what a gift it is, Lord. Uh, our days they come and they go. They're they're good and they're bad, but you remain the same. You are you are good, holy, and and just. And again, Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to to gather in your Son's name. And today, we we especially thank you for the opportunity to be with Nathan. His uh, his family is a, a faithful family um, that I love very dearly, and I know the other brothers here do as well, so it's, it's a real pleasure to have him. Ask, Lord, that you would be with us, that your Holy Spirit would guide this conversation, and that you would you would bless us, Lord, not only us, but, but the, lit, the listeners. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Amen. Suffering, Stephen. We got, st- we got a full house today. Yeah. We do. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, which is kind of nice. It, it's uh, it's different, but it's nice. Absolutely, I agree. Stephen, your thoughts? Suffering? Yeah. Kick it off. So yeah, a uh, lot of scripture verse around suffering, uh, and and we'll go ahead and start off. I think the the verse that we want to start with is from First Peter five ten, uh, and it says in First Peter that after after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Amen. So, interestingly, uh, I was watching a recent, uh, recent study on the book of Exodus, uh, and in the second episode of this study, it's the study that Jordan Peterson is putting on, uh, Dennis Prager brought up uh, an interesting point where he suggested that not not until Christianity and not since Christianity uh, has anyone ever contemplated the value and realized the value of suffering in the life of a human. 
And so he said that the redemptive value and or any benefit for an individual uh, really hasn't come about uh, until, until Christ and until Christianity. So that, that thought that anything evil uh, could bring about a redemptive and or positive outcome was completely foreign to the world until, uh, until Christ and until uh, the Christian life. And so thought I'd uh, open things up just with that thought, you know, what, what do we think of that? And, and what does that bring to mind as we think of the sufferings that, that we've all endured? Um, and that comes, I, that comes from an Orthodox Jew. Yeah. An Orthodox Jew. Which is, mm-hmm. is even more interesting. That, Honestly, that made me, him reading that and talking about that made me think of that, uh, thing that we posted on, on the Bible study about Christians being uh, different in the way we view things, and is that looking at it just through spiritual eyes in the sense that we could take something horrible and make it good? You know, and and because the world wouldn't see that. The world's not going to view it that way. Only if you're looking through spiritual eyes would it. And that's why I was asking you guys earlier about like Pharaoh when we were talking, uh, is this even applicable to to what we're talking about? Because suffering is such a broad topic. We could talk for 10 podcasts on it and probably not even be able to to scratch the surface. But, you know, it just, when I thought that, that was the first thing that came to my mind is, man, the plagues that that Moses brought upon, well, God brought upon through Moses, through Moses yeah. you know, uh, to Pharaoh, were just terrible. And and was that for the Jew? Obviously, it wasn't for Pharaoh's benefit, because Pharaoh's not going to look at it as though um, I'm going to grow from this suffering. Um, God, if it was for the the Jews' benefit to to leave during Exodus, he could have just easily, because if he can control the heart, he could have just softened Pharaoh's heart and made him go and let him go. But the the thing is, was it for Moses' benefit and all of Israel's benefit to see the power of God and how God can control all of that and yet something good can come from it yeah yeah it's 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 very interesting because from the beginning I, I don't think this was god's plan you know suffering was never a part of god's original plan this entered in with with sin and uh that's that's an interesting perspective to take as well even what you're talking about regarding israel being in captivity in in egypt with pharaoh you know this is uh it was never it was never god's original plan to to have suffering in fact i think his original plan was to bless his creation to bless his people but sin sin put a change to that if you go back to um even in the midst of those the six days of the creation we know that at the end of each verse i mean it, it constantly says it in repeat god saw all that he had made and it was good. good. That's an excellent point. So when you, when you look at that in that perspective, you know, well, if it was meant to be good, I I see what you're, you know, agree with what you're saying, Jared, like, you know, that's meant to be blessing. That's meant to be 
perfection that's meant to be, you know, stay the way it is. And I think kind of jumping on that um, with how it was working in, in, is, in before Israel in the midst of, you know, Egypt, I think it meant it was meant to work both ways. Um, partially for the fact that, you know, for Israel's standpoint, they were, they were lacking faith at that point in time, you know, cause they, they have been waiting hundreds of years, however many, however length of time it was for their deliverer. And they, they, they knew something God was going to come through, but they just didn't know when. And that's the part I think that even we struggle with today is, you know, in the, even in the midst of that type of suffering, um, when's God going to come through? And even from, and looking at it from the Egyptian standpoint, you know, they were pagan religions, multiple gods, um, believing that they themselves were gods. Israel looking at them as like, they are, you know, powerful people. They are, they have riches. They have all these different earthly things. They have never endured suffering. So why should we be, have to endure it as well? Because we're all human and we're all at the same stature. You know what? You bringing that up, I was sitting here thinking about something. They also had become complacent in Egypt. Think about how many wanted to go back to Egypt when they were out in the desert. And, 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 and I think when you become complacent in your spiritual life, that's when you kind of need a bump. And don't we always look for God and cry out to God when we're hurting more than when times are good. Mm-hmm. For, sure, For sure. we do. Yeah, that's interesting because Nathan, Nathan just said they were lacking faith. And John, you just said complacency. And again, just like you said, suffering, suffering either. Well, I guess it does one of two things. It either draws you closer to God or it, it, it pulls you away. That's the that's the choice that has to be made. Well, and if you don't buy into the redemptive value of the suffering, and and I know you know each of us have our own stories of suffering and how uh, the Lord's allowed us to suffer through various phases and stages in our lives. If you don't look for the good, if you don't realize, uh, I think you know Romans eight twenty eight comes to mind that for those who love God. All things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Amen. So it's really easy to praise the Lord in the, in the good times and when, you know, things are all going well uh, and, and we're prosperous and we're without trial. But, you know, it's awfully easy to become complacent and or to become angry and or to uh, turn our backs on the Lord if we don't realize the value of, and the growth uh, and the greater understanding of of um, the Christian life to be able to be given the strength uh, to to um, walk through suffering. Amen. Yeah, I really liked um, Nathan's point um, about creation because if you look at the time chronologically. That was before the fall. Then, yeah. then sin comes into the world. Mm-hmm. 
then now we have suffering. Well, and like what Stephen was saying, I think the time that you draw near to God is when times are tough. When when you you can become complacent and be in the middle there and and just go, or when times are good, you're all about yourself and everything else. At least most people are. All right, no, and, it's true, right? It's and true the tendency, in the t- but the tendency is as soon as things start getting bad, that's when you're like you're either doing what Jared said, going "Why God," or you're sitting there and you're crying out to him for help. Yeah, what is the bad for? I mean, to grow. Yeah, I mean, because it, it definitely, to me, you know, we've brought up Job, you know, as being a book that's incredibly profound, deep, and for sure, immensely focused on suffering. For sure. Uh, More than any other, except maybe. Yeah, and and, and then you look, um, did God ever reveal why? What happened happened, and and was in so what I see of reading that book, and John did a wonderful study, and the, the Bible group that we belong to all did incredible insight to that. But it comes down to you know really some simple stuff. God's God, I'm not Him. It was for my good what happened, and for His glory, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, not to oversimplify, sure, but for our gift of salvation and entrance into heaven and eternal life with our our God who created everything. We have gratitude, and through that, okay, so I didn't want to get into this right away, but it's what's on my heart right now. John and I sometimes, when we're going out to work, we work outside, John will look at me, and it'll be the sun will be shining, right, John? Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Doesn't happen a lot in Pennsylvania, but when it does, he'll look at me, and he'll go, man, isn't it a wonderful day? And it's easy to praise God on a wonderful, beautiful, sunny day. Easy. Right? Mm-hmm. It is. But it's in those dark times where we have to be the light and God's the light in the darkness, right? And then that's where God, some, and sometimes that's where God puts us in those, those, those dark areas that we can shine that light for those other individuals that are in that, in that dark place as well. Yeah. So sometimes we go, you know, so think, think about that maybe if, you, if God puts it on your heart to expound on how then John also wonderfully many times is brought up where God's taken him through his trials to help people who are going through those trials as well. Right. I I mean, I've always, whether it be on the the ball field or whether it be, you know, in business or where I've been a leader and I realized that you have to motivate your team. Okay. Some people you'll give them a pat on the butt. Some people you'll kick them in the butt. But you got to motivate your team, and I just wonder: is that what God's doing when these things happen? Sometimes, hey man, you know, you you've kind of stalled on your walk here a bit. Maybe it's time. Mm. I don't well know. said. Yeah, I mean that's that's a really interesting point, and it I don't know if it ties in perfectly, but on the way over here, um. I was I was thinking about uh, let me make sure I remember this correctly just our participation with Christ in in his suffering and in suffering in in general great point and it's it's talked about a lot but the lord put something on my heart that that is unusual I think at least for me that I hadn't heard before I'm just trying to remember it I'm just trying to remember it um the way that it came to me 
Um, oh, I know what it was. So we talk a lot about how this is this faith that we have, this relationship we have with Jesus Christ, is not a work based faith. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I would I would agree for the redemptive work of of salvation. However, and the Book of James makes it clear, clear. Yeah. that works are important, right? Absolutely. And I believe that suffering is important, and I believe it's important on for a number of reasons, not only because sin sin is active in this life and and we were we were saved from it but right. we're left to contend with this this shell, right, of of the natural self. Mm-hmm. We're left to contend with that with the with the new creation that we we are. So I, I believe God desires us. I, I know this is going to sound a little weird, but I believe that God desires us to suffer mm. along with with Christ, especially if we're suffering for the things of Christ. And that those scriptures are are clear. When you suffer for Christ's sake, it, it's mm-hmm. a it's a very good thing. Mm. And I believe God looks at it just like He looked at at His Son and is pleased with it. Mm. So suffering is not only a byproduct of sin but but it it's a work that's to be done in the faith mm-hmm. which which again I haven't thought completely through that whole thing but I I think there's a lot of truth in that well um the two greatest things to ever happen to mankind were creation and then the second one was all derived from suffering mm-hmm. what Jesus yeah. did so some out. something great our greatest gift came from suffering yeah, and I want to link that to everything that was just said. I would like us to look up and kind of write this down and, and think about this. Is we 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 take in everything that was just said, Job twenty three, verse ten. But he knows the way that I take. Yeah. When he has tested me, I will come forth as gold. Wow. It, actually, some of the translations say better than gold. Right. So think about everything that Job went through, that whole book, the depth of that book and the profound nature of it and everything we've just said and link that to 2310. So that that particular scripture, I won't go too far into it because I'll probably get upset and not be able to finish. But hmm. uh, when, when my family su- suffered a, a devastating blow, the, the day of... I separated myself and I slept on the floor down in the in the living room and my daughter came down and wanted to, to sleep with me. And so before I, I fell asleep, I just begged the Lord to, to essentially save my family from what was taking place, the separation that was wow. was happening. And, and that particular day is where the separation became the Grand Canyon. And I didn't see any way out of it, so I had to plead with the Lord to to save us and do something and it was it was dead quiet. I haven't heard that dead quiet ever since. But my daughter, you know, she she knew that I was upset and she laid down with me. Well at three o'clock in the morning my phone goes off. Bing and so I ignored it. Well it keeps binging because I didn't open the text. So she wakes me up and she says, Daddy, look at your phone. There's a message. I said, I know honey, I'll I'll get to that in the morning. And she says, No, look at it now. And I said, okay, just to calm her and have her go back to bed. And I open it up. And again, this is 3, 3.30 in the morning. 
and Lee Samples, a, a dear friend of mine, and, and you all know, mm-hmm. sends me a text out of nowhere, Joke 23, that, that exact wow. verse. Wow. That's amazing. So I've kept that verse. I used That's to carry it in my pocket moment. for years. Thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I don't want to talk about more than that because I probably won't finish. Uh, well, no, I appreciate it. I understand that because I know your walk. Yeah, I, I believe. Yeah, I love that verse. And it's, it's, it's the truth for any anyone who suffers. So what I want to take out of that is the most important thing that speaks to my heart out of that is you knew where to go. Yeah. See, I think what we in suffering relate to is what's God capable of? in this amen like he is so amazing i'm gonna be obedient to see what he does here because what is he what is he capable of man what is he capable of in that suffering and in our lives and is is our savior and is the is the creator of the universe yeah what what can let's sit on the truth of that he is god he's my father Abba, Father, wow, what is he capable of? What can he do here? Everything. Right. In me, through me, mm-hmm. for him, his glory, right? Mm-hmm. All these things. In the beautiful thing, in your down moment, you knew right where to go. You didn't turn to anything else. I didn't, thank God. Right, amen. Thank God, mm-hmm. and I say that not to pat myself on the back, because how many of how, how many of us, including myself, have at, at moments gone to alcohol, gone to mm-hmm. something else. And I think that's advice. the focal point right there, Jared, if you could expound on that, because that's 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 where the rubber meets the road, in my opinion. Yeah, inside and outside of the church, I, I've seen it. Um, I yeah, grew that's, up where, um, that's where also, I think, consistency mm. in your prayer life, consistency wow. in your scripture reading, consistency mm. in your walk, consistency in amongst believers. Like, and that's, I think that's how, that's why it's super, super crucial and important to, and I've learned this and I'm, I'm still learning this and, and I'm, I'm very, Amen, yeah, very, very grateful for this is the fact that that's why it's awesome uh, great work. that we have a body to be attached to mm. the fellowship. because, because when we're, when we're not in that fellowship, that's where like Jared, how you were saying, like it's easy to turn to alcoholism, drugs, looking overly too much on the internet, mm-hmm. or um, doing something in your own with your own strength because you're isolated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How are you viewing it? Are you going to? And I think. To, are you going to turn and to kind of going? Or are you going to yeah. turn to God? Yeah. yeah, and I think that's also kind of going back to that Exodus story, is that. They were in that isolation, even though they were amongst each other, still trying to work through their, you know, doing their daily work while staying consistent in being in touch with God. They were still feeling that isolation because of they felt that God had left them. Like, oh, when are you when are you sending someone to us? Which is kind of like how I think about it in in anything. That's just how it proves and shows how small our minds are into how you were talking about JJ, how big God is and what he can do and how much we, we want to know how, what he can do. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. Great perspective. Thank you. Yeah, Just a couple, couple quotes that tie directly to that thought. 
um, and the verse, JJ, that you shared. Uh, one is A.W. Tozer, and there's a couple different ways I've heard this, but uh, it goes, it is doubtful whether God can bless, and I've also heard it, use a man greatly until he has hurt him deeply. Mm. Powerful. And then another quote, similar, pain doesn't indicate the absence of God. Pain invites us into communion with Jesus and a greater dependence on him as we yearn for his coming while we share in his sufferings. Amen. Mm, and so as we, you know, as we think about that, as we think about the suffering, you know, as Jared shared, shared his story, um, I know, you know, we, John shared his, his story of how the Lord supported him and, and helped him through his cancer. You know, you guys know my story and my yep. health issues and that, you know, I feel like I've been living on borrowed time for a dozen years now. Mm-hmm. Um, fully expected not to be with and not to be with you all, not to be here in this world. Um, and then you look through the scripture and we look through the story of Job and we look through the Psalms that we've been studying, the suffering of David, and we look through the suffering of Abraham. And another interesting thing is, you know, as I think about often, it's the, it's the mercy of God that we realize through suffering. Wow. So it's it the it, 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 does it not drive us back to him? It does. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. the the suffering drives you back to him. You know, to JJ's point, he's awesome. You don't but then, you know, when you go through like think of the elation of Abraham when God relented and gave him a, gave him the lamb. Think of the elation of of John, right? When the Lord delivered him and, and and allowed him to live, and now gave him the opportunity, and then you know, and that's a thing. So hurt us deeply, mold us, you know, refine us to gold, such that we can shine more for Him, right? How can we live our lives to please Him, who brings us through suffering? Amen. Paul told us, and in Corinthians, and I'm not sure which one, but wasn't it power made perfect in weakness or yes, yes, and yeah, yeah. there you go, boast in our weakness. It, yeah, it's it, and it, it's the thorn in the the thorn in the flesh that he mm. prayed that the Lord would remove. I think they believe it was his eyesight, but but it never happened. No, no, yeah. no, it didn't, and it didn't happen for a reason, right? Like John John stated. I, I want to expound on, on the, the book of Job a little bit. I just want to give you, because the, the points that everybody's bringing up is, are just, they're all great, and uh, this is why we do this. The one thing I want you to think of, though, is, is you wrote down, you know, Job 23.10. Consider this for a moment. In a two-year span between 1554 and 1555, John Calvin preached a hundred and 59 sermons on the book of Job in Gene- at Geneva. I need to. I Over need to a two-year period. Yeah, that's, that's all he did for two years. Right. Was the book incredible. of Job. Mm-hmm. Consider that. Actually, three if he's doing it once a week, right? Well, yeah, but I just, just, right. And the thing is, is just the depth yeah. of that book. I, so. I'd like to recognize John for how swiftly he got through Job. Compared, I mean, you know. So he's much more efficient. Much more efficient, Much more efficient. (laughs) Thank you, Steve. There's a little humor. It'll take me a little over a month. 
So, who wants to take the next spot of thoughts? Go ahead, Jared. You want in, or you want me, or do you want a break? <laughs> no. Uh, We're in huh. Job right now, so you let's. Do you want to stay in Job? Uh, it's. Well, I, I love well, that book. I absolutely love that book. I, I'm afraid that I'll I'll go down the rabbit hole if I start talking about about Job, um, because with Job. The interesting thing is that suffering was not brought about by Job. You know, like a lot of our suffering is directly related to us. Um, you know, not only was it not brought about by Job, it was, it was brought about by God who not only, not only brought that suffering into Job's life, but declared before he did it declared job righteous righteous yeah um and he was wealthy very wealthy right so yeah think about this an an accomplished man in the end uh his it came back but during the whole book for the better part of 95 percent 98 percent of the book job had lost everything and except God. So, you know, True. you don't love God for your house. You don't love God for your your life. You love God for what's to come and nothing of this earth. And I think Job shows us that because he went from wealthy to broke to incredible suffering but God never left him. And what did he say about losing it all? God gives and God takes away. Yeah. That that's remarkable. Yeah, you can also connect that to the wisest man that I feel that ever lived, being Solomon, because that's what he asked for. And God said, "I'll give you that the wisdom that you asked for." And then God went on to say that there will be no one like you in that depth of wisdom you have. And and He said it's all vanity. You know, this world, it's, it's all vanity. Here, Here's an interesting slant. Um, Give it to us, Jared. Okay. Again, my forgive me, I didn't have enough caffeine here. <laughs> uh, I question um, that. Job's suffering. Uh, so the world, the world looks at the, the book of Job and, and I think is, is, uh, Hates God for it. Do, do you know how the world talks about the old, the old covenant, the Old Testament God? How he's he's a uh, he's a maniac. He's a he's a warmonger. He's a he's a murderer. He's a he's genocidal. He's. I, I think the world would look at Job, and say, "What loving God? What loving God that praises his servant, his his child." would deliberately put him through something like that. But us, knowing better, knowing knowing the, the nature of God, that it's good, that he's good rather, that he's holy, that he's just, not fully understanding what he's doing, because I don't think anyone fully understands what God was doing. God was showing Job. faith in Job, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, those are some of the things he was doing, but that was between... That whole book was between, well, the beginning of that book was between him and Satan. Right. And we don't have insight into 
what actually, you know, what the reason was for it. But we do have insight into what God did with that suffering with Job. And so what the world has has really been ignorant to and is missing is the what what Job knew all along, even in his complaints, that God is good, that God is just, that God is holy, that God is righteous. And then, again, if you follow it all the way to the end, you see Job being restored. And, you know, his wife gets gets demonized and, and and really smacked around for saying, you know, Job, why don't you just curse God and, and die? But think about how much suffering that is to handle. God didn't yep. say that she was righteous. He but said that Job really was. That's really bad advice. Job was righteous only. It, it is yes, terrible right, advice. Nathan. Yeah, and it is. It is terrible advice. But, John, think about how much she was suffering. That suffering was to lose your children and your home and your servants and your friends. I mean, whatever, whatever took place there, you know, is just devastating. And yet Job, Job says, God gives and God takes away. Go ahead. It's, I mean, look, there are mysteries. Scripture's clear about that. But God is good, right? Well, that's not that, a mystery. That's not a that's, mystery. No, but. And Job knew it. Right. But. You and I have had this discussion. You get into behemoth and Leviathan, you know, and these things that are, you know, whether they're to come, whether they exist now, that's all been debated. But I've heard a speaker talk about like, you know, and you and I have talked about this before, Jared, in a fallen world, you have a beautiful gazelle that goes up to a pond to get a drink and an alligator jumps out, yeah. grabs it and tears it down into the water. You have this beautiful thing, but then why then the crocodile? Why? Yeah. What's I mean, the purpose? Yeah. You know, is, is is that for us to answer? And I'm not I'm not being I'm not being snarky or, or you know crazy for, with for that. For us to ponder, for God to right. That so all goes back to the beginning, because in the mm-hmm. end, won't the lion lay with the lamb? That's where my mind always yeah. goes. Right. But think about it now. Why? Why even have? Why? Why have this? You know, sharks killing machines. That's all. That's what they do. And I'm not. I'm not belittling sharks. Are great. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying. Well, you're going to get the right. I I, I float that out there. Sorry. Graphic people after but you. Do you see my point? <laughs> do you see my point? Though you have these things. Then no, we're going s- into the mysteries of right of God. But but you can entertain the mysteries of of God as long as you keep in mind God is good. Amen. Even in spite yeah. of the crocodile taking the gazelle, God is good. God is. I good. mean, if you look at, if you look at the, in even in the midst of that type of a scenario, like, what's the reflection? That reflection is on a choice of how you know how that crocodile is. Even in the midst of taking something out that is incredibly beautiful and amazing, it's all because of a simple act or decision wasn't God's choice to for us to walk away from him, even though he gave us free will to make decisions. Yeah, amen. But it wasn't it wasn't up to him as to whether or not we choose him. It's it's entirely up to us. It's a decision that we actively have to make every single day and because of two people's decision led to infection of everything else's decision including animals beast plant everything in which we know um but kind of just again goes back into the portion of 
God is still good and he still has a plan. He still has a purpose for all these different things. Again, just kind of goes back to how little our minds are yeah, and how much we can fathom, how much we can fathom how great and how big and how awesome and all the things that God does daily, not just in us, but in, in the world around us. Um, to be able to actively see that he exists and actively see that he is working even in the midst of those sufferings. Because, I mean, Job, Job himself, he got angry. He was like, why? And we all ask that question. Why me, God? Why me? Everything was great. And, I, and that was definitely going through his head. Um, because he had the livestock. He had a great home. He had many children. Um, many things, which of course, earthly things, but, and those will all, you know, pass away is what we know, or we look forward to what is in eternity, but, um, but God still saw him as righteous and him alone because of that consistency of pursuing him. That's it. That's it right there. I, yeah. Nathan, that's an excellent point. Uh, could you expound a bit upon, upon that a little bit? So, because one of the things we try to do as as we're getting towards the end with our with our show is make it applicable to how people can can put it into their daily lives. And I think you touched on some good stuff. So let's go back and and pick that up a little bit. Sure. Um, so, I mean, in regards to consistency um first things first is kind of okay what is the important portion that i'm trying to get out of this here um is it i mean for job it was consistently trying to honor god in all that he did making him first i mean especially old testament perspective they didn't have christ as the advocate like what we do today. Um, and so for us in that regard is as far as consistently pursuing him is knowing and being reassured of where, what am I leaning into and what am I putting my hope and my trust in? So when you do that, when you're doing that and if you put it that into the wrong things, I think that honestly builds up more anxiety, frustration, worry, um, because it's like you're, you're thinking more about it in the me, myself and I type of perspective where it's just, well, I'm not in control here. So everything's going to fall right in front of me. Yeah. And I've thought that way personally too, um, in many different types of, um, situations and trial, different things. Um, but remember holding, grasping on to foundation, the foundation that we have in Jesus Christ. Um, the fact that he died for us, rose in that same aspect for us to be the advocate so that, and be something that we can our hope and trust in even in the midst of those trials of many kinds like James talks about in verses chapters one 
uh, verse 2. Um, but, I mean, Jesus went through so many of those different things while talking through with his disciples um, how to pray, how to, how to do all these different things, like seeking first the kingdom of God. And he talked all about the kingdom to every single person in his ministry um, throughout his time here on earth. And kind of one of the things I was kind of thinking about um, was when he talks in the, uh, the book of John, chapter 16, um, starting in verse uh, 32. Indeed, an hour is coming and has come when each of you will be scattered to his own home and you will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. And this is the crucial part right here. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Mm. You will have suffering in this world. Be courageous, or in other versions, take heart. I have conquered the world. Yeah, man. That, wow. that is what we, especially in the midst of today, more than ever, people are looking for something. People are looking for something to grasp onto and find hope in because everything else that they've tried hasn't worked. And that's why it's that much more important for us as the body of Christ, as, as, the, um, as his people, to live out the Great Commission, to live out what it means to be a disciple, what it means to to live in Jesus in those, like how we talked about earlier in the midst of those two different types of good days and bad days. Are we going to just, are people going to see Jesus just when we're in our happy days? Or are they going to see Jesus in our bad days and sad days and angry days? Because people are looking at us and are like, well, you're not really authentic because you only are choosing to live for Jesus when everything's going well for you. So how can I, how can I, how can I believe that that's good for me even when things are hard mm-hmm. and when they continue to get hard? Like when Jared, when you were talking about Grand Canyon type of Valley, um, that may be months, that may be years for someone how they feel when they feel completely alone, completely isolated. Where are they going to find their hope? Is it going to be in something or in someone that loved them unconditionally and was willing to die for them so that they can live? That's that's an amazing point, and I really appreciate what oh. you did. I'm um, sitting there the whole time thinking, boy, those those kids that are in your program are really lucky. Yeah, yeah true. That's a good point because I like what you what – you, so eloquently and wonderfully did Nathan is bring it back to Christ, which is, should always be the goal. Um, what, what made me, what, what came to my mind when you were talking about that's, it was first John two, um, verses one and two uses a big word, which is propitiation. Uh, that means gaining favor or making things right with someone you know god is just in all this that's what we have to remember that's what we learn in job he is just but 
in first John two verses one and two, it says, if any man sin, we have an advocate with the father, Jesus Christ, the righteous, and he is the propitiation for our sins. Amen. Amen. So in Amen. that justice, in that suffering, uh, it comes back to Christ. And, so, yeah. and that's what you, you brought it back to that. And I appreciate that. And I thank you for that. Amen. Yeah, that, that was fantastic, Nathan. And, and uh, there, there was something you said about Job, which was, was interesting. I wrote down, I'm actually going to uh, choose it as a subject of the blog for this, this podcast. You correctly said that, that Job didn't have Christ. Uh, I, I don't, I'm paraphrasing, but to lean on in, in his suffering, which is, Absolutely correct. So I'm not arguing that point. It's actually a really good point, and it makes the story of Job that much more re- remarkable. But I, I just want to, I just want to read this out of Job 19, 25 and and six. For I know that my redeemer liveth. This is Job talking, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh I shall shall see God. Mm-hmm. So now is oh, that yeah. now is that not powerful? Because you're absolutely right. He he didn't have the person of Christ like we have the person of, of Christ in the old covenant times. Actually, this is before the old covenant. Correct? Yeah. Job mm-hmm. is before the old covenant was mm-hmm. made. We think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But, but most yeah. likely that yeah. that's correct. It's debated, but yeah. But th- I would suggest through the Spirit of God, he he did have the knowledge enough to say it, which in my opinion would, would miraculously be a comfort to him. That's not taking away from what Nathan said at all, because Nathan's absolutely right. He did not have the person of, of Christ that we, that we know in new covenant times. Well, and that was an interesting debate we had over the, the Bible study just about when Job was written and also viewing the responses of his friends. Yeah. So what did they know? Yeah. And, you know, obviously through the lens of history and the lens of the whole canon of scripture that we have, that we enjoy, we can look back and say, wow, they, they were a little bit off, but from what they knew at that time, you know, they, they, yeah. they were absolutely believing that they were fully correct in their assessment of how Job was suffering and why yeah. the purpose for Job's suffering and that, that purpose of suffering has, has, uh, evolved over time to, to again enlighten where we started this podcast of of the redemptive power of suffering. Yep. Uh, Nathan said another thing that I, I, I want to hit on a little bit of the length of suffering, and you know we we see through through Job we th- see through so many of these stories of of both scriptural uh, accounts of suffering as well as um, as well as saints and, and Christians through the ages. Uh, we were talking earlier about uh, Horatio Spafford, who authored it as well and lost his whole business and uh, lost much of his, his worldly possessions and then lost four of his uh, daughters in, in a, two separate tragedies, one, the Chicago Fire, second, uh, a shipwreck. Um, and so that was, you know, an immense amount of suffering over a short period of time. We know that Job went through several series of trials. Um, and then, you know, in preparation for the podcast on suffering, 
uh, I was reminded of, of Joni er- Erickson Tata's suffering. So she uh, was an athlete, was diving into a pool at the age of 17. Uh, she's now 73, um, was paralyzed from, from C4, the, in, in her, uh, her neck down, um, but yet was given a platform. You know, ultimately, uh, her suffering has been a, li- a lifetime, a lifetime of chronic pain, um, but yet also a lifetime of service to the Lord uh, in using that platform uh, to share, uh, share the gospel also share God's love and God's mercy uh, through that suffering to countless, uh, countless people, you know. Um, and so I'll, I'll, I'll throw out some, uh, another quick, uh, quick reading here. Um, and I've shared this with you guys uh, uh, multiple times over the years, but um, I credit this, this reading from lifting me out of a depression uh, in the depths of my valley uh, back in 2011, um, 2010 and 2011. And this is a reading from A.W. Tozer, and it's all about, um, all about how, how to suffer um, as well as the value of suffering. And so it starts, you know, believe it that God knows exactly how much pressure each one of us can take. He knows how long we can endure the night, so he gives the soul relief first by welcome glimpses of the morning star, and then by the fuller light that harbingers the morning. Slowly you will discover God's love in your suffering. Your heart will begin to approve the whole thing. You will learn from yourself what all the schools in the world could not teach you, the healing action of faith without supporting pleasure. You will feel and understand the ministry of the night, its power to purify to detach, to humble, to destroy the fear of death and what is more important to you at the moment, the fear of life. And you will learn that sometimes pain can do what even joy cannot, such as exposing the vanity of earth's trifles and filling your heart with longing for the peace of heaven. And so as we go back to Nathan's comments, you know, sometimes suffering lasts for 400 years, the Exodus, right? Mm. Sometimes yep. Israel's suffering uh, under slavery and, and, and the torment of Egypt was, was 400 years. Uh, you know, sometimes it's, it's very temporary. But the key is, again, always looking for the good and what God will bring about through mm. that suffering. And how you handle it. Think about the, the generation that wasn't allowed to, to enter into the promised land. Oh. God wanted them all in the promised land. Of course he did. And they suffered. Mm-hmm. And then they went and did that. Is there Before we wrap up, because I've been taking notes, so I'm trying to wrap this up and make it simple. Yeah. Is there anybody else who wants to make a point? Because this topic is so good. Oh, I, and it's so broad. Did, you have I just want to add like two sentences ahead, to man. what Nathan started, what uh, Stephen expounded upon, and everybody else chimed in on. Is this justice of God and we don't always understand it, know it, uh, but it's for us in these trials to persevere for his glory, right? To be teachable and submissive in them because God's doing something. Yeah. God's a part of us. God's alive and working in our lives. It's not just something that's there for no purpose. There's a purpose and we have a purpose. If we're breathing, like like we, we heard that thing the other night when we when we 
did the mission. If I have breath in my lungs, I'm here for a reason. Yes. I have a purpose. So in that purpose to be submissive and teachable, we, 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 we need to be subjective to his, his sovereignty. He knows what's going on. Um, we need to be meek, patient, joyful, and prayerful in it. Amen. I mean, can we, amen. is that, is that, uh, no. oh, amen. I mean, look, I need to be that. I'm just saying, I'm not saying we that I got this all figured out, the, the saints but I'm saying, isn't that not a focal point? Oh, right. That That is. I'm just saying. For sure. So. For sure. And I, you can and bring you know, it to close, If John. you look at it from a macro situation, and I always use this and, and I, perhaps I shouldn't, I, since they ate from that tree, we've been at war. And we will be until Christ comes back and, and takes care of all of this. And, and, and I look at the thing of Job, the, the, the entire, as one battle that God used Job to prove a point to the world and to Satan. And, and that was, and, and I'm sure Job's sitting up there today going, okay, now I understand, sure. mm. you know, where, where perhaps he didn't. So, you know, I, Stephen's always the note taker, but, so maybe he's rubbing off on me. I'm taking some notes here because I, I wanted to, you know, I think it's important because we talk about so much and it's such a big, broad topic that what do, what do people do if, if they're facing trials? And I think that the first thing we learned today was you turn to God and nothing of this earth. Yeah. Okay, you don't turn to the bottle. You don't, you don't do anything like that. You turn to God. And then I think the second thing we learned was when Nathan said, you stay consistent in prayer and you have the consistency to continue to go. Um, and the consistency to say God is good. Right. Mm. And, and, and to then believe you, it. To well say said, it yeah. over and over again. Be sovereign. To, yeah. to know that it's true. And then you look and you analyze it. Why is this happening to me? And, 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 and like, look at it impartially from 360 degrees of the angle and 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 not emotionally and and try to understand why this is happening because um i look at job's fr- friends and and when stephen brought that point up and they're sitting there thinking one just just one like tunnel vision point he had to be sinning he had to be sinning he had to be sinning and that brought up a a a point to me that maybe this is happening to you not because of something you did but because of something you're not doing all right god wants you to go in a different direction and you're not doing it and he has to get your attention that's a whole nother podcast. Absolutely. That's excellent, by yeah. the way. That, that's a whole nother podcast. You know, and lastly, God's in control. Mm. Trust him. Amen. That's great. Amen. Stephen. So yeah. uh, just to expound upon John's comment uh, just so perfectly and just thank the Lord for, for his goodness and, and sewing this all together uh, through the Holy Spirit in us. Um. One thing I thought about bringing up earlier, because we've talked about, you know, Jared brought it up, John brought it up, being sober-minded. Uh, we're actually mm-hmm. going to wrap up with that scripture that actually precedes the scripture we started with, which is perfect. But uh, we just recently watched uh, Braveheart with uh, uh, with our kids. And, and the end of that film, 
you know, he, he talks about, I mean, that he's being urged, begged to take medication, to take pain uh, pills or pain fluid, whatever. It's some, some type of uh, sense dollar. Um, and he refuses because he says he, you know, no, he needs to be clear of mind. He needs to be clear of thought. And so, uh, again, as we think about how we rely upon the Lord, uh, as John mentioned, um, we'll just close here with First um, Peter 5, verses 8 and 9, uh, preceding 10 that we read at the beginning of the podcast. And it says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. Powerful. So we've, yeah, yeah, we've talked a lot about that and, and we'll, we'll wrap up this, this week's podcast with that. Um, and, and I'll go ahead and close us in prayer. Um, so uh, heavenly father, Lord, we thank you for this morning, Lord, we thank you for the joy that we can find in suffering if we just rely on you. Lord, we pray that this podcast would be a blessing to those who hear it. Lord, we pray that you would use it for your glory uh, and for our good. God, we thank you and we praise you. In your holy name we pray. Amen. We would like to thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to hear others, You can find them at www.gracemercylove.com. So until next time, may God richly bless you all.